0: an exciting episode of screening in kingston to get to today but i do want to quickly address last week's episode because i got three emails about it okay this- oh no no oh, yeah this is <laughs> listen everybody relax nothing's wrong with three people emailed all of which had the tone and sort of asking questions like are we done because like, there's <laughs> no more screening in kingston Um, We finished
1: with Tiff and that was it. Yeah, no,
0: what happened was I had this episode, this podcast that never went out through the network. It was like a special episode that was done on some random Saturday because I think it was like my birthday and it was Star Trek talk with me and Tyler Vance. And I realized it never went out to the podcast network. And last week I wanted a little break and I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity to put this episode out there. So it finally gets out there and we're back to the the right amount of episodes because we were always one behind. Like we had Mm -hmm. done one more episode than what the podcast networks and streaming stuff and like all these things said. So like my podcast app, for example, I think it says, you know, it said we had 160 episodes, but we've actually done 161. So I Go thought last it. week we'll put this Star Trek episode out. That's an episode for the week. It's never balance, played on CFRC, The universe so is new. The universe
1: the is universe balanced. Fantasy. Yes. Yeah.
0: However, several people thought this sounds like you're you're being kicked off the air. Like it sounds like <laughs> you did a Tiff episode. You're bringing back another guest. We know we have a guest this week that like you and I are not doing the show anymore. So I'm uh, just letting people you know. Can't
1: get rid of us that easily.
0: Yeah, we're not going anywhere. It was just I thought this is great. The universal Lies. Now we have 161 episodes. This is 162. All is well. Okay. People <laughs> so, are gonna be nervous
1: next week. We have a guest. Nicole's coming back next week. People are gonna be all off kilter. We
0: Yeah, so- guests are good, everyone. This isn't like a this isn't like we're <laughs> we're slowly phasing ourselves out. We're just bringing in guests because it's fun.
1: But uh, maybe we'll rein it in. We'll make sure that there's no guests on the Halloween episode.
0: Yeah, it will just be you and me back to normal talking about Halloween stuff. It'll just be us, yeah. As I said, we got a cool episode today because we're uh, a a filmmaker, a a Canadian filmmaker, uh, director, writer. um, Mark Whedon is going to join us in a little bit, just in a few minutes. Um, Before we get there, though, we do have a couple fan questions. Let's get them done now, though, because we're going to be tight this episode. We're going to bring a guest in. We also have two movies we want to quickly talk about, give some reviews for. And Taylor, you have like 15 things that... You mentioned me yeah. you want to like talk about before this episode. I just want to so let's update just
1: people. I just want to yeah. update everyone.
0: <laughs> well then let's get into it. Let's dive into this. Let's let's answer Josh's questions and then let's get out of here. Um okay. so uh <laughs> Josh wants to know do you still buy physical copies of movies? If so, do you prefer Blu-ray or DVD? Do you find that there's even a difference? So that's what Josh wants to do. I know I like owning movies, Taylor still, like I'll buy movies. I like doing that. I don't know about you actually. We've never actually talked about this. Do you own movies? Do you like owning them? Yeah. Or do you just rent we it?
1: own physical copies. I'll be honest, I haven't bought a physical movie in a long time. The last movie that we bought was uh, The Death of Stalin, and Dan actually ordered it through Classic Video. So the owner of Classic Video will buy, will order DVDs to his store for you. Like you have to pay for them. But Dan thought that would be better than ordering through Amazon or whatever. So if you are looking for physical copies of your movies, order through Classic Video. They'll do that for you here in Kingston.
0: I didn't Um, know they did that. That's really cool.
1: Really cool. So, um, I mean, (laughs) I I might be putting my foot in my mouth. Maybe he doesn't do that now, the gentleman who owns the store. But he certainly did it pre-COVID or during COVID. Um, we are a DVD family. We have not transitioned over to Blu-ray yet. I actually don't like HD. You know, like, if I want real life, I'll just look at a window. That's not what I'm looking for with my I media. I agree with
0: you. I hate HD. I, d- I, don't, I don't like it
1: at all. Like, I don't need things to be crisper. I don't need to <laughs> see Will- Willem Dafoe's, uh pores. That d- It doesn't do it for me. You know
0: what I mean? <laughs> Wait, why Willem Defoe? That was, that was just
1: specific. the first <laughs> name that came to mind. We're, the first we're, name
0: that comes to mind is Willem Dafoe.
1: We're doing life aquatic costumes for Halloween. Oh.
0: So it's on the noggin. Oh, that's a fun costume.
1: That's yeah. Really cool. We're being yeah. life aquatic as Steve Zisu interns for Halloween. Very,
0: wow. Very good. That's very good. Okay, that makes more sense. Willem Dafoe would be yep. on the mind. Um okay, next question from Josh. How do you feel about movies that are made as prequels to TV shows, such as The Many Saints of Newark, uh, which is a prequel to The Sopranos? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's good. It's like, I guess a lot of people, I know a lot of people watch The Sopranos, so I'm sure it still has a relatively big following. So I guess it makes it because Downton Abbey, I mean, it was a prequel, but it was just like a Downton Abbey movie, like Downton Abbey did it. Yeah. where it's like, oh, there's this show and now we're making a movie. Like those happen quite a bit. But the prequel thing, that's kind of new. I don't know how many shows have actually done that. I
1: honestly, like, I know that that happens. But aside from Down and Abbey and the Sopranos one, like I really can't.
0: Well, Star Trek used to do it, but they weren't oh, yeah? prequels. Like Star Trek used to, like, you know, the the next generation has four movies and the original series has has six. Um and and next generation is an example of like the original series is canceled and they did movies eventually. Whereas the next generation like did seven seasons, did went off the air, and then just did four movies. So it it does happen. And like I know that I'm sure there are other examples, like the yeah. Simpsons movie and the South Park yeah. movie, and, like so it does they're happen. They're not really
1: prequels though. But they're not
0: prequels, exactly. Like I can't name another one that was like no. it's a prequel to set up the TV show that already exists. Like I don't know if that the other way has happened, right? Where there's a movie and then there's like a TV show that's kind of like a prequel. That's happened a few
1: times. I'm going to say I do not have a strong opinion. I think if, I think it's one of these things where if you're very invested in that franchise, then knock your socks off. You know what I mean? Like if I would, I am not a Sopranos fan. I've actually never seen the Sopranos. But I could imagine that if I loved the Sopranos, I would be really happy to revisit- that series through a prequel movie. So that's kind of my stance. If you like the show and you're getting an opportunity to get a prequel movie, good for you. I'm happy for you.
0: Yep, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, like I again, how how well it's going to do at the box office. I have no alone. idea. Is it a risk? Like I again, I'm not going to see it cuz I didn't watch the Sopranos. So I, I will say want...
1: they showed a commercial for it before the movie I saw at the screening room today. Not gonna lie, it looked pretty good. <laughs> like this, if it, I think it like takes on its own as a movie. Yeah, like I think it yeah. takes place, um, like far enough ahead from the TV show that you don't necessarily need to have seen the TV show. Like it almost looks like it's, it almost looks like it's taking place during the nineteen sixties, but the TV show is from like the two thousands. So, yeah. anyways, yeah. I I will say that it looked like huh. You know, like that looks interesting. Will I see it's it? True. Probably not. <laughs> when
0: I first saw the preview and didn't know it was connected to the Sopranos, I was kind of like, "What is this? This kind of looks interesting." Like a mob, like, cool like mob
1: movie be? in the yeah. 60s. Or
0: but now it's like, "Oh, am I going to be confused?" Like am I I don't but know. You, you bring up a good point. Is is it far enough back that you just wouldn't need to see the TV show? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, but thank you, Josh, for writing in questions. He he had one from last week we never got to do. That's why there's two. Um, and again, we've still we uh, I haven't forgot about your friend Kate. Just so you know, I haven't forgot. Kate, there is one Katie. question, Katie. Sorry, Katie. Katie, uh, your question <laughs> about Halloween will go on our Halloween episode because it is a good Halloween question, and we'll collect some Halloween uh, questions for that episode. So I haven't forgot about you. You're in there. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, just, just so you know, and, and if you want to contribute, just, uh, so everyone knows that the website's fixed screening in type in there, or just email us at screeningkingston.gmail.com. at gmail.com. Most people have just switched to Gmail now. So fine. <laughs> we, <laughs> to be website.
1: fair, <laughs> to be fair, people used the email before we had a website.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. And I think, you know, all the website issues aside, I think people are just like, done uh done with this um but yeah we're, we're gonna uh we're gonna talk to a guest now um and uh then we'll we'll talk about a couple movies after taylor and i did see some movies this week so we will talk about those after um after we hear from our guest joining us now is a filmmaker who has a film coming out on Video On Demand over the next couple of weeks. His film is called That Is All. It's actually won quite a few uh, awards and film festivals. It won the Grand Jury Prize Best Feature at the Blue Ridge Film Festival and Best Feature at the Toronto Independent Film Festival. Welcome to the show, Mark Whedon. How are you, Mark?
2: I am doing well, thank you. That's a very lovely intro. I appreciate that.
0: Well, it got it from your press release. So <laughs> you, can, you can credit whoever wrote
2: that. Your
1: biographer. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll them. let them know.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: very, very well written. And yeah, that was, I mean, I thought it was it, it was really cool to see a, a film that's filmed in Canada. It's going to have, it's, it has an all Canadian cast, has done the film festival circuit and is now coming to video on demand. It's not something, like Taylor and I have talked about this. It's not something we see all the time when we see like film festival movies actually get out there and become accessible to people? Like, is that, is that kind of a cool feeling for you? I know it's not your only film that's done this, but is it kind of cool to say like people from all over the place can now watch my movie?
2: Yeah. Oh, unequivocally. It's amazing. Um, I feel super lucky that it's going to, I mean, I feel lucky in the sense that it both did the festival run, which, you know, lots of really great films I don't think get to do. Um, And I'm also, you know, so incredibly, I feel incredibly privileged that, you know, a, a distributor has decided to release this film globally. I think it, they told me the number of countries it would be available on. It comes out October 26th is the official date. Um, Mm. It's, you know, 60 or 70 or whatever countries it comes out on, on the same day. So yeah, it's really, really amazing. Yeah.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the film first, and then we're, we're going to kind of work backwards. Normally, we're like, hey, tell us about yourself. And then we get into the- <laughs> I want to talk about the movie first, and then we're going to work backwards and talk sure. about some other things. But um, so so the movie, um, it, it's called That Is All. Um, it was filmed in Toronto, correctly. Like, was the whole thing filmed in Toronto? Did you do bits in other places?
2: Uh, almost 100% in Toronto. There's a couple scenes that take place sort of like at a little cabin. That's just literally just right outside Toronto, probably like a 45-minute drive. So I think beyond that, the entire film is Toronto and mostly downtown Toronto.
0: And an all-Canadian cast, from what I Yeah, all-Canadian
2: cast way. and crew, yeah.
0: And was that a conscious choice by you, or did it just happen?
2: It's a little bit of both, I think. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted to work... Um, generally, with people I know, I, I feel most comfortable working with people that I already have a relationship with. So, um, a couple of the actors appeared in my first film. You know, this you know most of the crew is the exact same for my first film too. So that sort of happened by choice, but I also think. Um, it's funny because it's sort of like applications for the Canadian Screen Awards are happening right now. And I always think about those awards are a little bit funny because so many of the films that wind up being nominated don't have Canadian cast or like the director is not Canadian or it's a mm. co-production, you know, like I think it's a funny space. And I think, um, you know, the last couple of years have really shown us like how much different we are from America, I think. Uh, and I think that gap is widening. I think we really deserve a proper industry here that has you know, can support working actors and can have, you know, filmmakers who can make a living working in this country as opposed to the sort of like four or five, maybe that really can make a go of it here. Um, So it was a conscious choice in that way, but at the same time, I didn't also go to LA and try and do casting. So it's a little bit of both, I guess. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. No, you're not going to get arguments from us here. Like we we agree (laughs) with everything you just said. it's, It's just, it still boggles the mind how behind, the canadian film industry has been um to the states where there's so much that ends up being shot here there's so much interest here there's a lot of talented people who come out of canada i mean there's a lot of people who've, who've been famous but also you know fame isn't the only thing that that makes you a, a strong artist there's lots of people who i wouldn't say are in the public eye but are still some of the best artists in the world and they're coming for out sure. of canada so I, I I think we both agree with you. Like Taylor and I always try to spotlight Canadian films. Really, anytime we can, Taylor. Like anytime we get an opportunity, we like to talk. Oh about
1: yeah, for sure. Well, I Mike, you're right. Um, we film. They film so much. Like Vancouver, right? Vancouver is a stand-in. Right now, I'm watching Midnight Mass on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be like an Eastern Seaboard town filmed in Vancouver well why not like why not hire like an all i'm sure like canadians are working on that production mm-hmm. like in terms of the crew because it's a vancouver um shot uh production mm-hmm. but still yeah i'm with you mike we say this all along why can't we watch more quality canadian film <laughs> Qual a heavy emphasis on quality but
0: well, it's yeah. a, it's the well. I almost said I almost said a saying I hate, which is the chicken and the egg, which is a saying <laughs> that's never made any sense to me. But anyway, yeah. we'll talk about. We don't sure. have to talk about that today. We're not going to get that philosophical. <laughs> it's a Monday, but it, you know the idea of, um, you know, you you here you are working in Canada. You've got a lot of great locations. You've clearly got got the artistry and industry. But you, as you mentioned, Taylor. So a lot of what we produce and and it's unfortunate a lot of the things that you and i have reviewed as canadian films haven't exactly gotten our stamp of approval a lot of it has been skip it it's not that great not that great but the only way to get better is to produce more to create more to be to get in front of more critics eyes and i mean mark i'm sure you would agree with this in terms of the only, I think your your second film you've learned things from your first film like is that kind of how you feel that experience was you now are a little bit older you're a little bit wiser you learned things from doing it once and now you got a chance to do it again
2: yeah i think for sure I, like if you had you know if you watch my first film it's you know i've heard the analogy before that often a first film especially for an independent filmmaker is sort of like your graduate school or your you know your thesis or whatever it's like your mm-hmm. first try um And I think, unfortunately, in Canada, a lot of people, they only get that try. You know what I mean? Like, I'm lucky in the sense that I've been able to turn everything I learned making that first film into my second film. And I think my second film is a, I mean, people can debate. I mean, it's not a big budget film by any means, but at least it is a complete film. It's a complete Mm. thought. Um, You know, it uses multiple locations and multiple actors and all, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, So, yeah, I, I think... I think it is a real shame that more, I think there's, I mean, the amount of people I know, you know, in Toronto or in Vancouver or wherever in this country who I know could make a wonderful feature if just given even a small amount of money or even not even money, just an opportunity, whatever that opportunity may be. It's just, you know, I think a lot of people fall through the cracks and at some point, you know, the, you know, we we live in a capitalist society. At some point you can't, you know, you want to move on, you want to sort of start building a life for yourself. And if you're trying to make a go of it, you know, and as an independent filmmaker, at some point that becomes sort of in, not impossible here, but very difficult to sustain yourself.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people end up, as you're saying, just they have to give up on that dream or opportunity because for it's sure. just they're not seeing the I I like what what you said there but it's not even necessarily monetary it might just be opportunity or even resources Mm -hmm. or supports that are out there if you know which do exist and I've seen programs that exist uh, throughout the states that do exactly that it's more about opportunity exposure there's some money behind it but it's more like let's get you know, let's start training and working with young filmmakers and people involved in the industry. So I think I think that things most people would say things are better now, but Canada has a long way to go. And let's just hope it continues. Like, let's hope it continues to push forward. Um, let's get back to your films. So sure. Tell us more about um, that is all like, give us the give us the rundown. What's what's the film about? And maybe talk a little bit just about, um, uh, you know, I know you're, you're the director of it. Did you write it as well? Did you have writers assist you in that type of process?
2: No, I wrote it and directed it myself, um, and I produced it with um, Craig Wood, who is on the VFX team at Star Trek uh, on their various programs, and he uh, was also functioned as a cinematographer on both both films, actually, I made. So, um, yeah, I, I was lucky to get to write and direct a second film. I wrote and directed the first one as well. So, um, yeah, it just I, I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I would work well with another writer, <laughs> maybe. Um, but <laughs> uh, uh, I have strong opinions about things generally. You gotta but, know uh, yourself,
1: Mark. You yeah, exactly, yeah, sure,
2: exactly. <laughs> um, but the film is about uh, it's about a sort of young man who's, you know, maybe 30-ish, yeah, he's sort of, you know, doing the nine to five thing and just um, sort of bored and lonely and is just trying to, you know, get through life sort of and he just by happenstance strikes up a relationship with another man who's One of his best friend's boyfriends. And it, you know, he's, I think at the start of the film, ostensibly straight. I mean, that those sort of definitions aren't super important, I don't think, generally. But um, he essentially has like a closeted romance with someone. Mm. um, And it's about him trying to come to grips with that and him, his eventual sort of like shunning of that relationship and the sort of outcome of that. Yeah.
0: And I mean, you, you mentioned that the the labels, right? The labels that we we put on people for for things like uh, for who they date, who they're attracted mm-hmm. to, that type of thing. And and we we believe wholeheartedly on the show that like arts is a great way to lend voice to those types of situations to to for lack for want of a better word to to expose the community to more different ways of of thinking and looking mm-hmm. at self and that type of thing. Like, is that Again, I'm just going back into your process, because we know our fans love like, where did the idea come from? What's the process? Like, did you take a lot from, you know, I I can say something with the art that I create? like Is that a big kind of dr- driving factor behind what you choose to write about?
2: I think so. To some degree, I mean, to some degree, uh, for sure. I-, I think I just become, and I'm sure a lot of writers are like this, whether they write for the screen or, you know, write short stories or essays or whatever I just sort of become obsessed with one aspect of something I become obsessed with an idea and sort of story starts to build itself around that um you know I didn't consciously go into this thinking like I'm gonna shine a spotlight on x or y or whatever but um I definitely think that queer film is super important and we don't see nearly enough of it especially in Canada I think we don't like You know, there's a few really big, nice festivals, especially in Toronto that highlight it. But, um, I mean, Canada is known as being an incredibly inclusive country. And I think we should have and should see more sort of Canadian queer content. Um, And so, yeah, I wasn't I wouldn't say that I was specifically trying to highlight anything, but it, it was definitely in my mind to some, you know, as I started to build the story out.
0: So without even seeing your movie, one of the reasons why I'm going to say right now I think you, you're you going to have a, a great career in film, Mark, is because of the way you answered that question. Um, you went in with, I want to tell this great story. I'm obsessed with telling this story. And this is the key thing. Whether it does all this other stuff is secondary. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a refreshing Great approach to it that a lot of movies and shows and programs that I used to love when I was younger that I don't love as much now or, or the new iterations of them I don't love that much now is because it's so phony that people are just trying to be like, well, I'm going to go with what's, what's the, the in thing to talk about right now. It doesn't sound like to me you're doing that at all, and that's why I think you're going to go far because you are going to it sounds like go with i'm obsessed with telling this idea this is my idea i want to make a really great story everything else if it happens by accident great
2: and i love that so
0: good answer solid <laughs> answer mate.
2: i appreciate that 10 out Mike, of 10, Mike, out of ten. Mike, all right Mike podcast Philip. over let's just hang up now and we'll just yeah. wrap this screening up screening in kingston is done <laughs> yeah this is the last episode
1: because
0: we did it we're all Yeah we, we, we made it, it.
2: yeah
1: Mike has given his single seal of approval. You I know. can take
2: that to my agent now. I'll tell yeah. him. Call Netflix. Yeah, anything else? Oh
0: yeah, give Netflix
2: a call. <laughs> not only,
1: not only does the future of Canadian cinema rest on Mark's shoulders. Yep. all mm-hmm. of cinema. All of rest.
0: cinema. <laughs> no be defined by the answer and the i you question.
2: know what i welcome that mantle i think i you know i'm more than prepared to you know take on the next big marvel movie or whatever they want so you know whatever Well, that's
0: what they do though. that's what marvel does like you do a couple independent movies and then they give you a big marvel i know it's movie. so it's you, crazy you will, that... you will be directing ant-man 3 i tell you
2: that'll be <laughs> oh boy
0: um so tell us about yourself and your your film career like when when did you start making films
2: uh, I come from a sort of film-obsessed family, which is partly sort of how I wound up here. I think, you know, I I can remember my grandfather passed away four or five years ago now, and I remember going... I'm, he was obsessed with film as a child, and I remember going into his basement after he had passed away, and he had this room that was just... It was like something out of a horror movie. It was just like VHS tapes, like, from floor to ceiling, everywhere. And it was just movies upon movies. And, like, I think I come out of that obsessive space that he I sort of you know I spent a lot of time with them my grandparents when I was a kid I think I come from that a bunch of my cousins work in film and um you know I was sort of film adjacent I worked in a movie theater as a kid then I worked at a video you know I like did all those sort of prototypical things that people have done um I started making stop go animation films with you know friends and family or cousins and whoever when I was you know pre-teen sort of and I don't think I ever had any illusions about working in film. Um, I, you know, I think I was sort of not steered consciously away from it, but my parents, you know, were very, you know, my mom's and was an accountant that, you know, it's like, you should Mm -hmm. get a very standard job and live a good, comfortable life and et cetera, et cetera. So I went to school, didn't study film at school, but, you know, watched film, took some film classes and sort of. Yeah, I was just watching constantly and reading. If you could see the room I'm sitting right now, I've got about, I don't know, several hundred books about film sitting around me. So I, you know, something that I've long been obsessed with. But uh, I came out of school and um, one of my cousins, uh, Al, who actually just won an Emmy for his work on Star Trek, um, he sort of came to me and was like, I was writing at the time and doing stuff, doing a bunch of different things. And he said, like, why don't you write a film and we'll make it? um so i wrote this sort of weirdo horror movie um for him and we tried to make it and it was sort of like a hilarious disaster um <laughs> and so that you know i did that never got finished like we shot it and never edited it and blah 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 um and it's sort of i think at the time i didn't realize actually how much i thought that would do something i think i was actually quite hurt by its failure and didn't realize so i sort of went away for a while Mm -hmm. Um and just sort of working a whatever, a job, a financy kind of job, whatever. Um and then I actually my sort of aligns my I found out I was gonna uh have a son, probably whatever that was, he's now four so five years ago or so. Uh and I was like, I gotta do something. Like I can't once I have, you know, a child and I you know have him to support, like I won't be able to be an idiot and just like spend a bunch of money or do whatever, I, you know, I have to be, you know, in my head, I'm sure subconscious like you're exactly you're gonna have to be <laughs> responsible soon. So uh, I went out and shot with Craig, the cinematographer, we shot this sort of um, movie that we called seven, which was basically... It was at the same time Abash Kirioshtami, the Iranian director, had just passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love his, like, his films are, you know, one of some of the greatest films ever made, I think. And he ha- had a film that we sort of aped and shot basically, like, seven <clears throat> seven different scenes in Toronto, like, each ranging from, like, six or seven minutes to sort of, like, 10, 11, 12 minutes. And we just had these sort of, like, seven scenes set together. And we made that, and it was fun. And then I'd re- been writing films sort of, like, on the sly a little bit you know like just as a way to sort of occupy my mind and i was like let's just make this film that i you know we can make it for basically no money we'll shoot it in my apartment and let's just do it so at least we've done it so then a, excuse me a few months later we got a couple actors and we got together and made only people which is my first film uh yeah and so that would have been 20 18, we made that, I guess. 2017, we shot it. So yeah, it came out in 2018. So yeah. And then I've just sort of been going since then. I then wrote uh, this film, um, That Is All, and made that then in 2019. And then that started festivaling in 2019. And then I've sort of still been writing and trying to now get something else going. So it's been a bit so of a you, weird you circuitous snuck,
0: You snuck that film in before the pandemic then. because you So you completed it by 2019. Like,
2: Yeah, we shot it. We actually turned it around way... Like stupidly quickly, we finished shooting it in February of 2019, and I think it's screened at the Toronto Independent Film Festival. It screens like I think Toronto Independent is trying to be the it's it's at the same time as TIFF, so the f- second week of September we screened it the first time. Wow, that is it, a quick turnaround. Yeah, it was kind of dumb actually. <laughs> like <laughs> retrospectively, we probably could have waited, but um, we were trying to we were trying to get it to we were trying to get it done in time to be able to apply for the standard like tiff festival but their applications are just due earlier we couldn't get it done and we're like well the independent festival is there which is trying to be the like slam dance i think a little bit to sundance you know like that sort of Mm. corollary so we're like ah let's go do that and then we won that which was amazing you know it was in toronto all all my friends and family got to come see it and then yeah just sort of went from there and festivals all around you know i went to Georgia and I was in Boston. I was in, L- you know, I got to take it all over the place. So it was really amazing to be able to do that.
1: So yeah, Mark, I'm awesome. gonna I'm gonna ask a, a quick question. At what point between first movie Baby and second movie did you think <laughs> actually I am gonna make <laughs> movies? Because originally it sounded like you were only gonna try the one, the one. But now you got two two movies under your belt, a baby who's now a toddler and it sounds like you're working on your third. So what, what did it?
2: Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, probably my own idiocy is the main thing that uh, fueled it. But I think I just, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think really like I got that first film done and I, yeah, maybe it was because of that, of that first like film, I tried to make back when I was whatever, 22 or 23. Um, that was such a failure. I think maybe, maybe i think i I assume that only people would just be sort of a calamity as well and would just be like oh i tried to do it myself fine and i made it and i was like i actually kind of like this movie and i was like "Mm, maybe maybe there is something there (laughs) um and so then i wrote a similarly not the same sort of small but that is always quite a small film as well Um, and i was like we can do this for not that much money um and put that together and just did that again then um And if, you know, everyone is, had the pandemic not happened, maybe I would have made a third by now. I don't know. But that would, the intention now is yeah to sort of just keep going, Um, at least until it's not sustainable in any way, shape or form. Um, So hopefully, I mean, you know, I'm signed to a literary agent and all those sorts of things. So I'm hoping that I can maybe parlay a little bit, you know, what I've done already into making a slightly bigger film. But, you know, I'm sort of feeling all that out right now in the sort of post COVID current COVID world that we're all sort of trying to get by. in.
0: I mean, it's really great to, to, to hear that. And like, I, as someone who like is super supportive of, of Canadian arts in in general, but also like entrepreneurship and people not always recognizing that creating, creating your own arts and creating your own films, creating whatever is entrepreneurial. It just never gets at least I've found it doesn't get thrown into the same category. It's like, Oh, this person started their own business. Like how great it is. But like, in reality, it's the same. It's the same of like, you have to be it's equal part idiot, equal part <laughs> ridiculous decision-making equal part, you know, talent and drive and passion. But like, that's what kind of makes it worth it, <laughs> right? It's like, sure, you've yeah. got this passion and you feel <laughs> like a moron the whole time. But like, the reality is, is you have to be, you have to take risks. You have to be willing to take a risk. Um, and that's, that's just, it's such a cool story. Like your story is so interesting of like, you've got your friend who's connected in the industry. You just decide, Hey, we'll try something kind of disappointed with it, go away for a bit and then come back. And now suddenly a third one on the way that you're, that you're working on and thinking about it's, it's, it's so cool. Is it ever surreal? Like, are you, are you too busy being involved (laughs) in things or have you ever like taken that look back to be like, wow, this is like, this is a wild five years.
2: Uh, I'm. I have generally a very low opinion of myself. So I think um, I do, I, I mean, sometimes I, like I'm not, right now, I mean, I have an incredibly supportive family and especially my partner um, is incredibly supportive. So like right now I'm just sort of doing film and I have been for the last few years. Um, but I do look back, you know, I'll talk to people I used to work with in Toronto and, you know, in, in my old office sort of life. And it's like, I can't believe, like, it seems like a different, world and time that that all happened and like it's weird to think that that person who did that is still me you know like it's a weird like that is definitely a bit surreal I mean the most surreal moment I think was probably I I you know I went to I think the first festival that only people played in was in Boston and I was like well I'm gonna go down and I played in this very cool old theater uh, as part of the Massachusetts Film Festival and I went down and seeing you know something I had made on film was yeah totally bizarre and surreal I couldn't quite fathom it I don't think that people wanted to hear you know there was it it was sort of paired with a short film and it's a guy I still talked to a little bit and he was just like how did you do this I was like weird to me (laughs) that someone would be interested at all in anything I had to say you know so that was definitely yeah incredibly surreal that first moment for sure
0: yeah that's awesome um okay couple couple quick questions for you to to end things off we kind of got a fun one here so Taylor you want to dive in with with the fun question
1: yes so um you have a a friend of the show a frequent collaborator with us (laughs) she's connected to your film nicole and so we want to know is nicole difficult to work with is she one of those prima donna actresses
2: (laughs) yeah an incredible diva like you wouldn't believe what it was i knew it (laughs) like just to get her to come and do anything was incredibly difficult um it's all on her schedule you know all the rest um no actually nicole did us did me like an amazing favor because she my partner when we used to live in toronto ran uh one of the commercial art galleries there and nicole just happened to work with her and you know she was an actress and mm-hmm. i have uh, like there's the movie starts with like a very long mundane like work phone call and she's the person doing like sort of mediating the super mundane phone call and so she just came in and actually she didn't she just did post work for us she just came in and did uh basically some adr work and was so good and was like i was so lucky that she would played it perfectly and understood mm-hmm. it immediately so yeah she was super amazing to work with like yeah she was great i love nicole
0: yeah, we loved having We love having her on the show. She's on all the time. She's going to be on the show again next week. Oh, amazing. Um, so we, we can we can talk her about <laughs> I did, I, yeah, did we, we... <laughs> I did
2: listen to her Tiff uh, rundown since I'm now not in Toronto, so I had to get the sweet and low down from her on that. So that's nice.
0: Yeah, no, she's uh she's always great to to have on. We just we couldn't help uh, but actually, you know, it's just because yeah. we have this sense, like Nicole makes a lot of demands of us, and
2: comes on the yeah, like, show, demands a lot. <laughs>
0: like we have to, we have to do a lot to accommodate her. So we just thought, oh, it's
2: probably like that in, in all films. Feel so, feel free to edit out all the compliments I said about her, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The part in. that's totally fine. Sure, yeah, we'll just <laughs> <laughs> cut the and cut the end of the interview. Yeah, then. exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So, but before we we let you go, Mark, um, let let's just let's just get the the plug in here. So the film is is that is all. You said it comes out October twenty sixth. That's yep. the official release Correct. date. Yep. Um And so it's—I know it's on video on demand. Do you know specific services where we can send people to, to check this uh, so out? So
2: it will—you know—video on demand has their own cycle now. That sort of mm-hmm. is a bit theatrical. So it goes on all the transactional ones to start. So you can rent or buy it or mm-hmm. buy it on DVD as of the twenty sixth. It will be on. Uh, I'm for sure it'll be on Apple and Amazon, um, and then it will be on. You know, it'll be on the YouTubes and all those sorts of things to rent. And then it will slide onto the YouTubes, all the various tubes, YouTube, (laughs) etc. It will slide onto then in probably a couple months after that, it'll slide then onto the, you know, Prime and all those. I'm hoping it'll... Get on to a couple of the Canadian ones, maybe CBC Gem or Crave. I like fingers crossed. I'm not sure if we will mean, get on. CBC
0: them. Gem should put this on. There. Uh, I, mean, I that mean, should be part of the industry for how sure.
1: Does I, be. How does that work? How does that work though? Like, who decides? How does that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, I my the film is sort of being distributed by two companies, like a smaller company who I signed with, and then they're partnered with a company called 1091, who used to be. Uh, The Orchard, which used to be a fairly big independent distributor before they, I think they got bought by Sony or I don't know. There's so much upheaval in that world so often. So I've asked them and given them the info to please like approach Crave and Gem and all those ones. But whether that happens or whether they want them or, you know, or like that becomes a bit of a murky space, like they do need a certain amount of Canadian content on them, but Whether that, you know, whether that matters to them, who knows? I mean, I would also love the one I've asked for, and I'm not sure, is, like, some sort of airline, like, you know, to be on, like, WestJet Connect or whatever it's called. Like, so we'll see, but it should be lots of places is the idea. And then it'll go on to the Tubies and, you know, the Rokus and all those sorts of things. So sort of that's the advertising versions. Those are towards the end. Like, I think my first film is now in that stage where you can still rent and buy it. And then it's on a bunch of the advertising streaming services like Tubi. it's on for sure. I think it's on Roku right now and awesome. a few others. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And we'll, we'll definitely remind people a bit closer to October 26th, but this is your advanced warning, everyone, you know, now you can start looking out for, it. we will definitely remind you as we get closer. Um, Mark, it was amazing having you on the show. Like, thank you for
2: coming and, and giving us such,
0: such great insights and answers. I know our fans appreciate that.
2: No, I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me on a Monday. Oh yeah, we're—I mean, we record on Mondays anyway. Oh okay, so good. I, I want to get credit <laughs> requests too here. You know, it's not like we went out of our way. <laughs> we were,
0: like we're, we're we here were going anyway.
1: we, we to be here no matter what. We're just happy to okay. have you, Mark.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate that greatly.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You're—you're you're, as we, you know. You're such a good guest. You're welcome back anytime. Um, anytime you want to come on and, and talk film with us, anything else that you you ever want to plug, um, you have an open invitation. So you just let us know. And oh, I appreciate uh, that. Great. Thanks show.
2: so much. That's so
1: kind. Yeah, of Mike, no, thank you, Mark. Mike, I'm surprised you didn't want to... Um turn this around to a star trek conversation once i mean we can, i was um, avoiding it because we can delve his in friends involved <laughs>
0: like i was avoiding it taylor I mean, you can you had can had talk about was... how much
2: you don't like all the star trek stuff i tell them all the time too don't worry about it okay i'm a deep space nine guy i can't let you know that's me so oh no <laughs> hey i i love space nine
0: i love any of the star trek stuff that is not now and current yeah, like I just I I, I wasn't going to put you in a different position, <laughs> but thank you, Taylor. Um, uh, but It's good to hear. OK, you agree with with me then you're you're not a fan of the new stuff.
2: Discovery I'm, and Picard. I don't love. I really tried with both of them. The new I have the sort of inside baseball scoop is that the new show, Strange New Worlds, which is about Pike and the rent enterprise before Kirk is not like them it is much more like the old shows is the what i'm hearing and that they're not shooting them in a strange way they're like shooting them very traditionally and they're being made you know it's a different team that's making that one so i have you know cautious high hopes for it um but you know i'll wait for it to come out and see but yeah we'll We'll
0: wait and see. So here's the problem with having this conversation. Because now <laughs> I now I'm slightly more excited and this is, is setting me up to be hurt. I know. this is what happened. Star Trek Discovery, I did the same thing. I gave Star Trek Discovery three seasons, two seasons, and then I start I watched the first episode of the third season and then bailed. Um, I gave them a chance. I honestly tried to like it. And I just couldn't do it. Star Trek Picard, I gave it one season. I'm going to probably watch the second one because with most Star Treks, it's nice to give it at least a season. Sure, of course. Yeah, totally. Um, But I agree with everything that you just said. I don't think they're very good. I don't even think they deserve to have the name Star Trek on it. I don't even think this (laughs) is anything about what Star Trek is about. But you saying this thing about Strange New Worlds, I've heard the same things. But I feel like it's the, the fool me once thing. I have been hurt two times and I'm going back to them for a third one being like, yeah, sure. <laughs> in world, to set myself up to be hurt. Like it's me now. It's not even their fault. It's my fault if I get hurt again. And now you just got me excited because now you've heard the same things I have, which is it's different. And it's going to not be like these two films and you're going to like it. And I just, I don't know wh- what to feel. So, so it's, I'm just so conflicted.
2: I I couldn't agree more. I mean, the other Star Treks existed in a syndicated world where they were the story had to dominate, I think, in a way, because they didn't have the technology or the money to really do anything too crazy. You know, like it was pretty, we're on the bridge and then we're in 10 forward. And then, you know, like it's very set-based and not that the new ones aren't, but they just have the capacity to do so much visually and with VFX and with special effects that, that, I think, is what dominates a lot of the show. And they think that they need to be super flashy to compete, I think, nowadays is part of it. And that's not, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But, I mean, Discovery, I think, still is the most watched show in America. So, um, I don't, you know, the, the audience is there. I don't think the, that audience would have been there regardless. So if they had made something that was just like Star Trek Voyager, but today and like slightly nicer looking. I think that same. I don't think people are going to watch Star Trek Discovery because of some amazing camera move with a bunch of lens flares and stuff. You know, like that's not why people are watching Star Trek. So I think there was, and maybe they've taken that from Discovery and said, like, we can dial this back because we now have built this audience and Stranger Worlds can be much more story driven. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, But I, I know that I do know a lot of the people who work on the shows. They're, really good craftspeople um so i i'm just very i'm I'm very curious to see what the new one is like i know there's another one coming down the pipe i think too about section 31 i've heard, That's what I heard. but yeah. <clears throat> whether that I, whether that happens or not i'm sure is sort of strange in a world dependent but yeah well i mean We'll see, but I would like—I uh, would like it to be really good. I would really like to like it. I'll be honest with you, but um, I will reserve judgment until it comes out because, as you said, yeah, I've been—I feel like I've been burned a little bit
1: the last and little then, while. And then, Mark, we'll have you back on the show. How's that? Oh, please,
2: sound? if you want, if you want me to review the first season of. For the first episode, I'll go, I'll come on, do every episode. I'll give you half an hour content (laughs) weekly on every episode of Strange New Worlds if you want. That
0: sounds good. No, we could, (laughs) we'll, uh, we've got a, I've got a Star Trek correspondent, because correspondent as well. So maybe the three of us will get together and and talk about the the pilot of Strange New Worlds. And maybe we can convince Taylor to watch it, but probably not. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see <laughs> always on the fence with star trek um
0: but yeah no i i agree with everything you just said i think I, we're we're on the same page for star trek so let's just see what happens i hope it, it does well we'll see um but thank you thanks again mark for, for coming on the show and as i said we'll definitely we'll definitely have you back again it's, it's been a pleasure to talk to you
2: anytime yeah just let me know
0: and thank you again to mark whedon uh for that great interview um we will definitely talk about his film that is all again and we'll remind people that it is coming out october 26th and we'll uh, we'll talk it up uh, a bit the week that it releases so you can go find it what really great chat taylor like it was really great to to talk to mark
1: yeah cool guy cool guy sounds like a cool movie you okay. just you just like to risk things. This is like you're you're just you're the
0: risker today. You're just you just throw the Star Trek thing out there, being like, whatever. It's, I'm it's the his, wild it's card. Fr- yeah, today. it's his friend. Maybe whatever. I'll just throw my throw gasoline. It's not on even this his fire.
1: friend, Mike. It's his cousin. cousin. Well, exactly, cousin friend.
0: God, he's starting the business. Like, Maybe he doesn't <laughs> want to hear. No no name me bashing Star Trek for t- for for twenty minutes. But no, you were just like, I'm gonna roll the die here and just uh throw Feeling it out. Feeling risky. Yeah, but,
1: Feeling frisky. But luckily
0: he <laughs> he agreed with me. So it was fine. We were both of same.
1: And it sounds like he wants to come back. So clearly we haven't ticked him no, off. No, exactly.
0: Long. He'll and and I think uh definitely next time we want to talk Star Trek. I think whenever Brave New Worlds comes out, that would be kind of cool to have a couple different opinions. I'm sure I can get Tyler back. And I think it would be nice, Taylor, for you to watch. A, a, a Star Trek that's new with us. With I Trek
1: am TV. all, I think it would be fun to do what the fans have proposed that I watch a pilot episode and talk about it. So if that's this new one, lands of discovery, or strange new world
0: <laughs> lands of discovery. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> I will give it a try. I really, I am game. You know, I am always game for a fan request. I do it for the fans. We'll line that up.
0: It I think happen. people would love that. I think uh, I think super Star Trek fans like Mark Tyler, myself, and then you. It would be very fun. Like I think because you'll you'll be sure. you'll be either less critical than us or more critical, and it depends how good it is. Like if we all really <laughs> love it, you're gonna just. Have issues with it, and if we just tear it apart, you might be like, "It's fine." Like I feel you could be very middle ground. You never know. It, you <laughs> never know. Analyze. um But anyway, we we do have some movies to talk about, and I want to get to them uh b- before we run out of time here. So, Taylor, why don't you go with with your film first? What'd you see this week? What'd you think about
1: it? I saw I'm Your Man, which is a German film. I'm pretty sure it's Germany's entry in the Oscars this oh, year. Okay. Can they even predict that that soon? But um, sure. it it's is. It's the fall. This is how <laughs> I don't it know. Starts, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Oh, my gosh. Where does the it's time October. go? I feel like we j- were just talking about the Oscars. But you're right. We're actually ramping up to you know talk what's about really the Oscars again. Is,
0: is, it seems like so long ago, but it. it 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 really, I guess it was, but I guess it doesn't seem that long ago. Where remember when I was complaining about it wasn't the end of August, and we I I opened an episode being like it's now September, but it was like still August. Yeah, yeah, that seems like yesterday. Yeah, we September's done. We're now into a completely new month. So
1: yeah, and we're already starting to talk about the Oscars. So that's just insanity. But um. It stars, I'll be honest, like, the main cast, I think, are German actors, so I'm not familiar with them. But the guy who plays the Beast in the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Dan Stevens? Is that his name? Dan Stevens yeah. is oh. in it. And he is fluent in German.
0: Is he even German? So so no, I think he, he's English, right? Okay. No, he's oh, British.
1: Yeah. He's, like, he's British, but for whatever reason, I, he, I don't know if he, he did it in, in school one or what. He's, he's in he's,
0: Downton Abbey or something, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's fluent in German, and I'm not. I'm not German, but clearly he speaks German well enough to be in this film. And he plays an android, a little robot. You know what and an android is? is a movie. <laughs> you're talking. <laughs> of, you're
0: just talking <laughs> about Star Trek. Yeah, well, he plays an android. You know, a little robot. Like I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it is kind of like. Um, I would call it like a dramedy comedy. Like it has a very German sense of humor. So it's kind of dry, but essentially the premise is this researcher at one of the antiquity museums in Berlin um, in order to get funding for her new project. She has to, she's involved in a study to see whether or not humans should be allowed to like fall in love with androids and the android that she's matched with is supposed to the algorithm it's supposed to be designed that this is like her perfect man right like that's the premise so it's almost kind of like a romantic comedy with a robot and an unwilling test subject (laughs) and um it was really good. I'm not going to lie. Really? Like okay, I really I really it did like, like did it. You just
0: hate this movie or okay, so it, I know like, it sounds it like okay.
1: <laughs> like describing the movie it sounds goofy, but like it was really good. It has it has an ambiguous ending, which everyone like longtime listeners of the show know, neither Mike or I, like an ambiguous ending. We like to know what's actually happening. Is that so
0: much to ask, but okay, life is ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just want answers. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want mysteries, but I will say that, like, I've been thinking about the movie since I saw it. Um, And, you know, great performances. Dan Stevens did a really great job, like, as a British man speaking German and playing a robot. He was very engaging. And the chemistry between him and the woman, um, really great. So it's one of those movies where I'm kind of just like, what more can I say? Go out and see it. To me, this is a see it. Is it... A perfect movie, I, I probably not. Like, there are some parts in the movie where I'm like, how did we get there all of a sudden? You know what I yeah, mean? Like, wow, yeah. that was quick. But it is just over an hour and a half. So by. it is, like, a very tight, a very tight movie. Um, but, you know, I, for me, this is a see it. It was a nice, nice little movie about a nice little robot and... <laughs> I shouldn't say little. Like Dan Stevens is probably like, I don't know. He's in his
0: forties at least. At least.
1: <laughs> well, he's I'm thinking like height oh, wise. Height, like he's oh. at least five oh, you, nine, thinking, I was thinking more like you know, young, like but he's yeah. not like a he's not like a tiny robot. You think Dan Stevens is in his forties? He 40s? has to be. Isn't
0: he? I don't think so. He, he can't be younger than that. Okay, we gotta look this up while we're talking. He doesn't look, look that old. Dan Stevens' age. Um well, you said that like this is one of those films where it's like, what else can I say that you just got to go see it? Isn't like, what else can you ask from a film other than it's a tight timeline and you've thought about it since then and you enjoyed yourself and it was good. Like, isn't that just, isn't that just great?
1: Yeah. It is completely in German. So I will just like have that quick little note because, you know, not all of our listeners like subtitles and that's okay. Not everyone likes a foreign movie. Um, There is like no English. So just... (laughs) Full warning: It is in German. It does have subtitles, but if you are not afraid of a foreign movie, I say go out and see this. Um, especially if it is going to be nominated for best foreign picture, um, get a little jump on the Oscar watches this year. Dan
0: Stevens is thirty nine, but he okay, turns man, forty. Like he that. turns forty next year, so he's. I, don't
1: know. I would not have guessed that.
0: Well, he has to be older he than looks me. Good. That's that's all I was trying to say. He's older <laughs> than I am. <laughs> okay, fair
1: enough. Fair enough. Um, fair enough.
0: Yeah, he's so he's he's thirty. Well, I mean, thirty nine is not like old. Like, and it's just he has been acting in a lot of stuff. So, like, I I just assumed he's got to be at that. Like, he's not like completely new. Um, and in his like right. twenties, so I knew he had to be kind of up there. So that makes
1: sense. Time has no meaning. Like *Downton Abbey* was on probably like at least five years ago. Wasn't it on for a long time too?
0: Like, wasn't *Downton Abbey* like a long-running show? Like, wasn't
1: a couple seasons? Yeah. So, like, and there's a movie. So, fair enough. I'll yield. Good for Dan Stevens for being almost yes, 40. exactly. Congratulations,
0: exactly. Dan Stevens! Um, you made it. Yeah. Um, so it, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that movie. Like that, it sounds really interesting. And the premise at the at the beginning of what you were talking about, I was like, oh no! Um, but then you is good that it sounds like it was a really good movie um we're almost out of time so we're not going to talk about my movie we're going to talk about that later no oh, yeah. it's fine it's fine i want you to plug the things because the things you were telling me about are, are really exciting so plug plug the stuff you want to plug you got a couple things you want to talk about with the screening room so okay. let's do that now
1: you know i always love to um plug our local movie businesses. So I got to plug Classic Video, but it wouldn't be fair if I didn't also plug the Screening Room. So I'm your man was not the only movie I saw at the Screening Room this weekend. I also rented one of the theaters at the Screening Room. So you can do this. You can rent a theater to yourself and you can bring whatever movie you want to watch as long as it's not in the currently playing at the multiplex and just enjoy a private screening. So Dan and I are celebrating. Uh, we just celebrated our one-year anniversary on Sunday. So we thought, what better way to celebrate than renting an entire theater at the screening room? So that's what we did. And we watched The Princess Bride, which I know is contentious for some of our <laughs> listeners. But... Um, great movie great experience we have nothing but good things to say Um, if you're looking for your next birthday party or you know date night with a with your loved one um 100% recommend doing it run out Spam Wendy with your request to book the screening room. Well, maybe not. Maybe she still wants to be able to do her regular. Yeah, she probably doesn't want to rent
0: it every day. But that—that's a great. I think I'm gonna do that for my birthday. I'm gonna. So, can you still get concessions? Can you still
1: like? Because you have theaters, I And you get a discount. You get a discount. You get a discount at the concessions. So, and you can do it like when I pre-booked. I booked our concession, like our popcorn and our pop, at the same time. So, so seamless. They do recommend bringing a Blu-ray, but again, we're not a Blu-ray family. I brought my DVD. And it was fine. Um, and it was fine. Like, I think it's, again, it's like, some people like HD, right? But like Dan and I, that's not us. Like, we like, we don't care, right? So the DVD was fine. So that's my first plug. Second plug, and I, I'm going to talk, talk fast because we're running yep. out of time. <laughs> but the Screening Room is currently doing a 1980s teen movie program so once once a week you can see a classic teen movie from the 1980s this past weekend was the outsiders um upcoming this week is valley girl with nick cage and then there's going to be heather's uh The Breakfast Club and Slumber Party Massacre. So all really great movies. Another opportunity to get out to the screening room, watch a movie that you haven't seen in a while on the big screen. Um, I personally am really going to try to make it out to The Heathers, one of my favorite movies. Um, And I think you guys should make it out to the screening room too. So that, those are my two plugs.
0: Yeah, it's a great (laughs) program. The 80s movies thing, like people uh, definitely go check that out. It, It sounds like super awesome. Like that's...
1: The Outsiders was sold out, yeah. oh, so clearly, you know. popular.
0: Get your tickets fast. Especially because they're still at kind of a reduced capacity, right? So you oh, have yeah. to get your tickets fast. Um, but if you go to the screening, screening Room's website, you can check that out um, and get uh, get all the information. But yeah, I love that. The 80s theme. Stuff. I love this theme. Stuff. If, I, if I ran so a cool. theater, I do that type of stuff all the time um i and and i'm definitely i'm gonna i gotta plan my birthday this year i'm gonna rent the screening room out definitely i
1: mike 100 i cannot emphasize enough 10 out of 10 would recommend it was so i great. don't know if
0: i should like if i want to rent it out and just like watch a movie myself or have people there that's cool Cause too. that's the thing like it's a part of me that's like why don't i just <laughs> rent it for me like why bring people but then i'm like oh you know it might be kind of fun to have like your own people and watch like a movie your favorite movie or something yeah
1: have a Get a cake or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cake. I'm not a big Anyways. cake fan.
0: Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. About- <laughs>
1: your cheese dip. Yes, cheese,
0: cheese dip. dip. Yes. Uh, there you go. You got me on that one. You got my cheese dip. Well, as we said, we're, we're pretty much out of time. So thank you, everyone, for for tuning in. Uh, next week, we are reviewing a much anticipated film about cars and the woman who loves them. So that'll be what we're talking about <laughs> next week. And we got Nicole coming back on the show. Uh, which is awesome to, to hear about. Because I believe Nicole from TIFF specifically requested to come back to listen to our yes. review of this. And, and I'm sure give Nicole, Nicole will give her own opinions as well. We'll get more in-depth review of, of that film.
1: So in the meantime, go see some movies.
2: Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded
0: at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC podcast now.